Save Your Tears the weekend. One of the most important techniques in modern day songwriting, actually in any type of musical composition, is repetition and repetition with variation. This song is a textbook example of that. In every section of this work, dealing with melody, rhythms, harmony, vocals, and background arrangements, we see this technique of varied repetition used to perfection. We analyze music to try to discover and understand the construction and techniques that are used to create a great work of art. Then using all that we have learned, this can only elevate our works to a higher level. In this song, I have seen a work of the highest construction and performance by The Weeknd, a masterpiece of modern songwriting. First, let's look at the overall architecture. We're in the key of C major, 4-4 four, four time, a moderate tempo, medium fast. We have an introduction, verse 1, refrain 1, verse 2, refrain 2, chorus 1, verse 3, refrain 3, chorus 2, refrain 4, and an outro. You could build endless amount of songs on this architecture or anything similar as a builder builds many different types of houses and buildings on the same foundation. The introduction. Fulfilling the role of an introduction, it sets the key, tonality, chords, and chord rhythm. There are two levels of chord rhythm. First, how long each chord is held. In this instance, we have a C power chord. A power chord is a chord without the third, so it would be C and G, held for four measures or 16 beats. The second level is the chord rhythm used. This is vitally important in any song because it creates the harmonic hook that grabs the listener's attention. I'll play it now. This harmonic rhythmic hook is heard throughout most of the song. For more on rhythmic layers, please see podcast number 51 and 52. As not to break any copyright laws, I will not play the original recording, though please listen to it. I will play certain examples. Equally important, the bass plays the root C in eighth notes, typical in a power setting. This creates a bass hook which works together with the chords creating the harmonic rhythmic background. The pad, the foundation on which most of this song is built. To create this is so important because today is not like years ago where you had to go into a recording studio, pay by the hour, get the musicians, and then once you had a finished product, get a master, have duplicates made, and then either send them to people or go knocking on doors. Today, you can do it all at home. Look at, look at Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas doing everything in their bedroom. With the computer programs available, you could make a demo or actually a finished product. Promote it yourself without a record company. If you watch interviews with many producers, this is how most of them start, with a foundation such as this. Let's listen to that bass line. Notice how along with the drum beat, it drives the song. In fact, the bass player's main role is to connect the rhythm with the harmony. 
anchoring the harmony and working along, especially with the drummer's bass pedal. A great bass line can make all the difference in a work. Listen to all the Michael Jackson songs. In podcast number 36, I deal with bass lines. I'd like to stress one more time the fusion of the eighth note driving bass line and the rhythmic harmonic hook form the foundation on which the work is built. In the introduction, also faintly, you can hear ooze with a melody in a high register. I'll play that slowly. The use of the syllable oo will be used prominently as a hook later on in this work. Threading little motives throughout any work is a great technique to hold on to the listener. Also, a great subtle touch is they have the note C held for all 16 beats. This is known as a pedal tone. Not only does it add a background color, it creates a flow over the measures, slightly dissolving the bar lines. When it is used as a low note, a pedal tone, also known as a drone, can act as a as a hypnotic color as chords float over it. As each chord moves over the note, it changes its color, almost like clouds in the sky. The note held is a C. You could see how that could become hypnotic. And as I said, a thread of color changing everything in the foreground. For any of you who are guitar players, I have a video on YouTube dealing with this. It's called Chord Planing. And in it, I talk about moving chords in different ways and also using pedal tones below the chords, in the middle of the chords, and on top of the chords. Combining chord planing and pedal tones will give you an infinite amount of chords to work with. All these techniques I've talked about in the first four measures of the song will be used throughout. A look into the future. Now for verse one. Verse one is eight measures long. The background set out by the introduction is now continued into the verse. However, instead of one chord, that's C power chord, the chord progression now enters. C, the one chord in the key of C, A minor, the sixth chord, E minor, the three chord, and G, the five chord. One measure each, four beats. This chord cycle creates the background foundation that permeates most of the song. In podcast number 88, I illustrate the use of these chords in creating song sections, as we see in this verse. The use of three or four chord progressions, cycles, is one of the most commonly used techniques in modern music. I will play those chords for us now. C major, A minor, E minor, G major. As previously mentioned, there are two chord rhythms. First, how long the chords are held for, as just illustrated and the second layer, how they are actually played. 
I will play them slowly now. If ever you're recording your own music, remember to keep each layer separate unto itself so that each part can be clearly heard, not blurring any of the lines. If you hear any of the Quincy Jones arrangements, such as the ones he did for Michael Jackson, you'll notice how everything is heard so clearly in the mix. Now we see combined the four chord progression, the harmonic rhythmic hook, the bass with its eighth note driving rhythm, playing the roots of the chords, the pedal tones creating a counter melody, all fused together to make a perfect background foundation for the melody. Over this background, the melody enters. There are four phrases. Phrase one, I saw you dancing in a crowded room. Phrase two, you look so happy when I'm not with you. Phrase three, but then you saw me caught you by surprise. Phrase four, a single teardrop falling from your eye. Musically, phrases one and three and two and four are the same, with different lyrics, of course. As I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, one of the most important techniques in modern music is seen here, repetition and repetition with variation. As an example of the melodic construction, let's look at the first phrase. I will play it slowly now. Against the first chord, the C chord, we hear one G and three Cs. These are chord tones. Remember, chord tones are consonant. Non-chord tones show varying degrees of tension in calm, light and dark. See my podcast on that subject. Against the A minor chord, the second chord, we have two Cs, an A, C, a D, and a B. The D and B are non-chord tones. Ending a phrase on a non-chord tone creates an uneasy feeling. Listen again and you'll hear it. Every one of these four phrases ends on a non-chord tone. I realize at this tempo, it is more felt than consciously heard, but I do believe it's felt on a subconscious level. In order to convey the meaning and underscore a certain lyric, especially an emotional one, the more dissonance non-chord tones you use will help convey that emotion to the listener. I speak about this in episode podcast number 65, Emotion. I use the example of the song Moon Rivers from the classic movie Breakfast at Tiffany's by the great composer Henry Mancini. Against an F major chord, he uses the note B natural, which is a non-chord tone, the augmented fourth or flatted fifth, if you wish. And this creates an emotion on that lyric that I think perfectly exemplifies what I mean. In addition, I will play this. The non-chord tone is approached by a leap of a seventh from C to B, which makes the note stand out even more.
now comes the refrain. The refrain is eight measures long. It has the same background as the verse, and there are also four phrases. The first phrase, I don't know why I run away, and then just the ooh that we heard in the introduction, but now with a descending line, which I'll play in a moment. And then the third phrase is, I'll make you cry when I run away, and then we hear the ooh again. Refrain. From the Latin, it means to repeat, a line or lines repeated in music or poetry. Could also refer to a chorus. However, more often today, it is now a short section, usually added at the end of a verse. With its repeating music and lyrics, it becomes a sectional hook. If it were only used before a chorus, it may even be thought of as a pre-chorus. The background, as I said, remains the same with a new melody added. The construction of the melody is similar to the verse, four phrases. The first and third are the same, and the second and fourth, the ooh, is also the same. This hook will be used in the refrains, the chorus, and the outro. On the recording, you'll notice that every time we hear the oohs, the background changes, the chord rhythm stops and reinforces the five notes of the oohs, adding added weight and importance to these notes. There are melodic hooks, of course the title, repeated often in the chorus and the outro, rhythmic hooks, bass hooks, guitar hooks, counter melodies, and so on. Use as many as you can. Podcast number 57 deals with hooks. Now we come to verse 2. Normally the second verse is musically the same as the first verse with new lyrics. Typically the verse of a song tells the ongoing story. This second verse is also eight measures, same background, and four phrases. Something very interesting happens now. Musically, as I said, the background is the same, and the first two phrases of the second verse are the same as the first two verses of the first verse. Here are the four phrases. One, you could have asked me why I broke your heart. Number two, you could have told me that you fell apart. Three, but you walked past me like I wasn't there, four, and just pretended like you didn't care. However, the music, the melody for the third and fourth phrases, but you walked past me like I wasn't there and just pretended like you didn't care is different. Now, normally one would think, why would they change that? But I think it's because of the lyrics. As mentioned earlier, repetition with variation adds interest and also may add emotion to the lyrics while keeping continuity. Notice how the emotion and meaning of these last few lyrics have changed to become more emotional. To underscore this, the addition of more notes, and especially in the third phrase, but you walk past me like I wasn't there, opening at a higher pitch, the notes are higher. There are subtle nuances, but these little alterations often make the difference in any work of art, music, poetry, painting, sculpture, etc. In music, especially using higher pitches, increased dynamics, and rhythms. Now we come to refrain number two, which is exactly the same as refrain number one. And so on to the chorus. As the chorus enters, we observe some truly interesting techniques and construction. First, 
there are 12 measures instead of 8. It is divided into three four-measure sections. Section 1, the lyrics, Take me back, cause I want to stay. Save your tears for another day. The background stays the same as before for continuity, while introducing a new chord, D minor, the two chord in the key of C major. This is an important way to signal the introduction of a new section. The chords of these first four measures are D minor, the two chord, A minor, the six, F to four, and G to five. One measure each. D minor, A minor, F major, G major. Musically, the first two phrases are basically the same with slight variation. We notice it starts off on a high G, similar to the refrain. To reinforce what I was talking about before of non-chord tones, on the first measure, the D minor chord he sings, take me back. Those three notes are not in the chord. They are non-chord tones. We have two Gs and an E. The G is the fourth. Against the full D minor chord, we would consider it an added 11th. And the E note, the second, we would consider add nine. As I play this very slowly, listen to the effect of those three notes against the D minor chord. Section 2. Now, for the first time, the accompanying rhythm is altered with whole note sustained chords and a bass playing a new rhythmic figure, a dotted quarter followed by an eighth and a half. This will only be for the first two measures of the second section. We have C and we have A minor seventh whole notes, four beats each. This is used for the first phrase of the second section, Save Your Tears for Another Day. This is so perfect for the main lyrical melodic hook, Save Your Tears for Another Day, they are changing everything to make it stand out and show its importance. Another small nuance, beautiful touch, is that for Tears for Another Day, instead of A minor, we have now for the first time and only time, A minor seventh. A minor seventh is an extension of the A minor, which adds color to the chord. In addition, the first and last notes against the A minor seventh chord are non-chord tones. perfectly underscores the emotion of the lyrics. This is paying attention to the smallest detail. In the third measure, the rhythmic chords and bass hook return for one measure with no vocals. Then the descending hook, ooh, 
which this time leads us into section three. Section three, save your tears for another day, is the same as section two, except we do not hear the ooze. We hear the chord, bass, rhythmic hook, and then the music stops for one beat on silence. We hear the lyrics spoken so. Also, the chord rhythm is changed to straight eighth notes. And the bass also altered slightly. Verse 3. As verse 3 enters, first let's listen to the lyrics. I made you think that I would always stay. I said some things that I should never say. Yeah, I broke your heart like someone did to mine, and now you won't love me for a second time. Now we have yet another surprise, another alteration. Although the chord progression is the same as the other verses, the background now features arpeggios, broken chords. Again, for continuity, the bass stays the same with the driving eighth notes. And for the third time, the melody of the second half, yeah, I broke your heart like someone did to mine, and now you won't love me for a second time, is different from the previous two verses. Now we come to the third refrain. I don't know why I run away, ooh, that's the ooh hook again, said, I made you cry when I run away, ooh, one more time. In keeping with the procedure of altering the second half of each section, the second half adds notes to the repetition of the lyrics, I make you cry when I run away, such as the melisma on the lyric cry. Melismas are more than one note per syllable. The notes are also sung at a higher pitch higher pitch, more notes, 16th notes and 16th note triplets add much more intensity and emotion to these words. Then the ooh hook brings us to the second chorus. This second chorus is basically the same as the first chorus with one very, very notable exception. Instead of three four-measure sections, we now have four four-measure sections containing 16 bars. Simply put, the first section, girl, take me back because I want to stay, save your tears for another, is repeated practically exactly with new lyrics. So in other words, he first sings, girl, take me back because I want to stay, save your tears for another day. Then the same music is repeated. This was not done before, but now with the lyrics, I realize that I'm much too late and you deserve someone better. Then, as with the first chorus, the next section is repeated exactly. Save your tears for another day, the main melodic lyrical hook. Then he goes, oh yeah, ooh, the ooh hook. And then it's repeated exactly. Save your tears for another day. He does say, yeah, and then ooh again, which brings us into the fourth refrain. Refrain four. Refrain four is so interesting that it is formed by combining elements from the past to create something entirely new. The melody of refrain one is now combined with the arpeggio accompaniment and sustained chords of verse three. The driving bass part is replaced with sustained whole notes. 
the descending ooze, that hook, is replaced with hand claps. This technique is a lesson for all composers combining different elements from the past to make something new. I cannot stress that enough. Now we come to the last section, the outro. It is 16 measures long, divided into two eight-measure sections. This is another example of taking part of previous sections, altering it into something new while recalling the past. Part one of the outro, the first eight measures. The last two sections of the chorus, containing the title hook, Save Your Tears for Another Day, Oh girl, I said, save your tears for another day, and then the downward hook, O. Leads us into the last eight measures of the song, the second half. The title hook is heard in three-part harmony. Save your tears for another day, then O. Save your tears for another day, and then ending with the downward hook, the instead of ooh, though, now we have O. Oh. In addition, the background has changed slightly. The bass still plays the eighth notes, but the chords are altered a little bit into this pattern. So you see how the amount of variation, repetition, variation, and little tiny nuances of color change in the melody, in the arrangement, in the background, harmony and the rhythm is staggering. I could not have picked or chosen a better song to show how repetition and repetition with variation in all elements of music is a major factor for all composers. As I mentioned, this song is an incredible example of every technique a modern song should possess. Melodic, lyrical, rhythmic, harmonic hooks, hypnotic elements, and the main topic of this podcast, repetition and repetition with variation of every musical element at every level. I'd like to leave you with this quote by Louis Armstrong, one of the founding fathers of jazz. Music is life itself. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Joe.